The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm here, Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusCommission.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street. It is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus, coming soon a landmark in Kali for over 95 years, and our prayer towel, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lapam on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the God's work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To start off our music program, the church choir will sing an upbeat number entitled Exciting Savior, led by choir director Emilia Hahn. They are accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Yes, saints and friends, we certainly have a loving, living, exciting Savior who loves and cares for us. Won't you accept Him into your lives as your personal Savior and Lord? 
Up next is the church band led by yours truly. They will play a rendition of Litany and Alleluia.
Our soloist today is Makana Asano, who will sing an uplifting number entitled, You Raise Me Up. Makana is accompanied by Tiari Summers on the piano, associate pastor Marvin Bing on the bass, trustee associate pastor Evans Broad Senior on the guitar, Iris Lock on the drums, and the church strings. How wonderful it is to serve a Lord who is there to lift us up no matter what is going on in our lives, in times of sorrow or joy, or when we are weary and heavy burdened. He gives us the strength to go on and continue our spiritual walk with Him. sit a while with me you raise me up so i can stand on mountains you raise me up to walk on stormy seas i am strong when i am on your shoulders you raise me up to more than I can be. stand on mountains you raise 
For their second song today, the church choir will sing God's final call. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is calling still and is extending an invitation of salvation to whomever will hear his voice. Will you accept his call? Please join in and sing along with our church choir by following the words on your screen. I'm on my way to heaven is today's instrumental selection played by Rose Pohakukar on the banjo. She is accompanied by yours truly on the piano and Iris Locke on the ukulele.
Nixon and Tracy Asylum is our vocal duet today. They will sing the beautiful song entitled The Lord's Prayer, Deliver Us, and are accompanied by Makana Asano on the piano. This number is dedicated to Mrs. Oceana Falaniko, a faithful member in the Lord. Oceana, may the Lord bless you more abundantly for your sincerity and love for Jesus. Have a joyful and blessed day.
Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if you plan to visit or reside in California. These telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR-TV channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing service at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer service are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Paloa Avenue, gospel services are held Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches. As services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Verio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Landy K. Wayasanos in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vespia Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you decide to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donation to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. What a glorious day to read the Word of God with you as I present my sermon entitled, Go and Sin No More. Generated and inspired by God's Holy Spirit, have you ever sought help to overcome some monumental problems and not found that help? Have you needed guidance and direction to do right in the eyes of God, that is, to live a life above sin? In these times of peril, have you wished for that special protection to sustain you, whether in or out of the house of God? Well, look no further. The answers to these questions are within your reach and are found in the gospel of the kingdom of God. Join us in these weekly telecasts, and I'm sure the solutions will unfold before you. 
as we find the eighth chapter of John, we come face to face with one of the most grievous sins in the world, the sin of adultery. Today, we find stories in the media about broken homes because of this sin. Today, men have toned down the sinfulness of sin. A thing that was considered a flagrant sin many years ago is perfectly permissible today. Is anyone faithful anymore? Adultery at one time carried a stigma of guilt and shamefulness. No one is within the fear. Well, men may change their ideas of sin, but Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He still warns the soul that sinneth shall die, as you read in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So choose you this day the lifestyle you wish to pursue, death or eternal life. The choice is yours. The end of sin is death. Sin in various forms is being covered up today. The first cover up in history happened in the Garden of Eden. Having sinned, Adam and Eve tried to conceal themselves from God. Their fig leaves can be likened today to the beautiful clothes, jewelry, possessions, or good works by which people try to cover up the evil in their hearts and lives. God looks at what we are, not what we seem to be. Adam and Eve knew that they had sinned. That is why they hid themselves. A child does not hide from his father when he has been good but only when he knows that he has been disobedient. We cannot ever hide from God, who knows all, sees all, and is truly everywhere. Thus, sin may be more cleverly committed today, but it still catches up with the guilty. The payoff is nothing but sorrow, broken homes, and heartbreak. At the close of the seventh chapter, we are told that every man went into his own house. While Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, the people had homes, but Jesus, who created heaven and earth, had no place to lay his head, no home to call his own. Listen to Luke 9, 58. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have hoes, and birds of the air have nests but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Sometimes Jesus abided with his friends. Other times he slipped by the sea or in the mountains. He wanted man to know that those who follow him must be willing to suffer hardships in this world. In heaven, he was the richest of the rich. The world was in the hollow of his hands. The cattle on a thousand hills were all his, the rubies, Diamonds, silver, and gold were all his too. But when he came to earth, he claimed nothing. For our sakes, he became poor. For our sakes, he gave up all the riches of heaven in order that we might have true riches. Jesus spent the night on the Mount of Olives, or probably in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. The following morning, he came to the temple, 
where it was customary for the people to assemble and listen to teachers of religion. There was no book at that time. Therefore, the people had to listen carefully to what was being said. Just as Jesus started early, we too should get an early start in seeking the Lord by watching and praying for this lost and dying world. For our kinfolk, for our friends, for our business associates, and for those in authority. Suddenly, while Jesus was teaching, a commotion arose at the edge of the multitudes. The angry shouts of the scribes, the Pharisees, and the self-righteous men brought a woman to Jesus. Read in John, the eighth chapter, verses three to five. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Now here stood Jesus, the Almighty God from heaven, absolutely without sin. Here before him was the woman who had broken one of the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not commit adultery. There in his midst were the religious leaders who were just as guilty of sin as the woman, and probably even more so. For while her sin involved only two people, the sin of these men was directed toward the Son of God himself. And here the people looking on, listen anxiously, waiting to see what Jesus was going to say and do. From the Word of God, we know that her sin was not one to be disputed or minimized. There are many who would say today, we have new standards today. We are not old-fashioned. The old laws are out of style. We believe it is all right for consensual sex and sexual freedom. I want to make it plain and clear that man can change his views, but he can't change the laws of God. One day I heard a story of a man who went to a shoemaker shop to invite him to church. In response to this invitation, he says, no, I don't want to. Come and hear you talk about the Ten Commandments. They are out of date and critics, educators, and even some theologians contend the Bible is not in authority. Well, he said, that is good. I need a new pair of shoes and these are just my size right here. So he picked up the shoes and walked away and said, now, why could I not do that if the Ten Commandments are out of date? If God never said, thou shalt not steal. Now let's get back to the sin of the woman. There are many things in the world which contribute to immorality today, such as pornography, obscene movies, literature, indecent dress, exploitation of the female form, smutty jokes and lewd stories, there's even the intimacy found in park cars, the indifference of husbands and wives who have no respect for their marriage vows. The best way to avoid sin is to stay away from it. After all, the pleasure of sin is only for a season. Young people today think they are wise. They say that they know just how far to go and never will, never have to pay the price for sin. But young people, it is my duty to warn you that you are on a dangerous grounds when you fool around with the tempter Satan. My timely advice to young people is that you flee from temptation. 
Let us read James 1, 13 to 16. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. If you are guilty of sin, there is only one thing for you to do. You must turn away from it and come to Jesus for cleansing and forgiveness. He promises thusly in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We see another strange thing happening here. The woman was the only one bought in and accused of this sin. The man was set free. This is often the case. The woman's reputation is ruined for life and the man goes on with his life free from shame. She descends into the pits while he attains a respectable place in society. But God does not have double standards. In his eyes, both are guilty and both need a savior. If you were to ask your friend and acquaintances how to get to heaven, you would probably receive as many answers as the number of friends you asked. Someone would suggest that you keep the golden rule as you read in Matthew 7, 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Others would advise you to pray or give to the church or just do the best you can and be honest. But when you are dealing with something as important as your salvation, you want something more than just the opinions of men. You want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You want to know what God's word has to say about eternal life. Jesus said, ye must be born again, as read in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What does the term born again mean, you ask? We all have been born once and have human fathers. The first birth gave us a human life, sinful in nature. Thus, before we can be saved and know God, we must have what is likened to a second birth. God gives us a new nature and life, which want to please him. The new birth comes when we take Jesus as our savior by water, and of the Spirit, to be born of water, to be baptized by immersion in water, and to be born of the Spirit, to speak in tongues, the only evidence given in the Bible, which confirms the receiving or baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in what name are we to be baptized? In the name of Jesus, of course. According to Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Two wonderful promises are cited in the one verse, the remission of sins in which God removes a person's sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more, and the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is one's passport to heaven, Yes, God loves the sinner, but not the sin that is in the sinner. 
God sent His only begotten Son into this world for our salvation. As you read in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He is our only hope, as you read in Acts 4:12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This verse is the crowning glory of the gospel of the kingdom of God, that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. And soon the men and men think. Therefore, viewers, I pray you will prepare yourselves to meet thy God for today and for all the tomorrows to come. Refocusing upon our message, we ask ourselves, why did the scribes and Pharisees bring this woman to Jesus? It was not because they were concerned about her. It was because they hated Jesus without reason and were intent on trapping him. Previously, they had tried to arrest him and brought phony charges against him, but their plan failed. Now they were trying another scheme. They wanted to destroy his credibility before the people. He was so popular among them that the religious leaders of his day were jealous and envious because of the great things he said and did. Let us read about Peter in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were compressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now here is the way they tried to trap Jesus. Here is a woman who is guilty of adultery. They said, Moses said that she was to be stoned. What do you say? If Jesus had said that she should not be stoned, they would have denounced him as one who did not obey the law. They would have said he claims to be the Messiah, but if he were the Messiah, he would not flaunt the law of Moses. If he would have said you should stone her, they would have made fun of him by saying he was a friend of sinners. If they ignored the charge, they would have accused him of compromising with sin. Thus, what was he to do? Jesus not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. He stooped down and rose on the ground. He acted as if he had not heard the accusation. Why did he do this? In my opinion, I believe he wrote the names of the women with whom the scribes and Pharisees had committed adultery. This is the only record we have of Jesus writing anything. Yet more has been written about him than any person who ever walked upon the face of the earth. These accusers were not satisfied with his silence. They kept on pressing more questions upon him and demanded answers. He rose to his feet and said, as we find in John 8, 7, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Yes, the scribes and Pharisees were defeated. The law of Moses required that the witnesses to the breaking of this law had to do the stoning. Jesus was saying to them, you are the ones who accuse her. Are you fit to stone her? Are your consciences clear in the matter of sin? We read in the ninth verse, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the oldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone 
and the woman standing in the midst. The accusers left like beaten dogs. When a man is brought face to face with sin, he wants to hide from God. When a man has sinned, there is no place on earth where he can hide from sin. There is only one place to go, and that is to Jesus. He is the only one who can cover it, and he is able to cover it in the blood which he shed on Calvary. At one time or another, we have sinned, even after we were saved. But here is the solution, as the song suggests, rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from the wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure, save from wrath and make me pure. We see in the case of the adulterous woman something which is very common today. We see a group of sinners accusing someone who is most likely not as sinful as they are. Therefore, who was the greatest sin in that gathering? It was not the woman, but the whole group of mean, hypocritical, self-righteous religious leaders. The sins of disposition are worse than the sins of the flesh. Those who commit the sins of the flesh often repent of those sins and come back to live good and useful lives. But those who are guilty of the sins of the disposition seldom repent. Those whose hearts are filled with jealousy, hatred, and malice may hurt the feelings of others, but they th themselves are even more unhappy. I would much rather fall into the hands of a merciful God than into the hands of men. Reading James 5:16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that he may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In other words, the guilty one should confess his faults to the one he has wronged. The Bible says, love one another, not label one another. Thus it is easy to see the sins of others and be blind to our own sins. It is so easy to detect the mote in our brother's eye and neglect the beam in our own. God helps us to be true born-again Christians, be more loving, to be more like Jesus and less like the Pharisees. When Jesus stood up, he looked around. He was alone with the woman now. Remember that at the well of Sychar, he was left alone there too with a Samaritan woman of similar character. He made life over for her, and now he was ready to do the same for this woman. And as for you in my view and the audience, he can do the same for you. God says in Isaiah 1:18, Come now and let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Jesus says, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. The all-merciful God is calling a people out of a people to form his one true church on this earth of which he is the head. Jesus took time to talk to this sinful woman. He must have seen something in her which others did not see. She had a penitent heart. In the presence of Jesus, she must have felt a great guilt of sin. He asked her an important question as you read in John 8, 10 to 11. When Jesus lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Does this mean that Jesus condoned her sin? 
No, he never condones or approves sin. But when he saw her heart and the repentance there, he forgave her sin. What is repentance? Repentance means to have another mind, to change the mind, and to indicate a change of mind in respect to sin, to God, and to oneself. This change of mind, especially in the case of believers who have fallen into sin, may be preceded by sorrow. We read in 2 Corinthians 7.10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Remember Lot's wife? She sorrowed for the things of the world and turned into a pillar of salt. No church in this world can forgive sin. A minister can't forgive sin either, but Jesus can and does forgive our sins. On what grounds does Jesus forgive sin and take condemnation away? He bases his forgiveness on two facts. His death on the cross, where he took on our condemnation and our repentance and faith in him. A certain song goes thusly, what he has done for others, he can do for you. How true that is. The same Jesus who gave life and light to this sinful woman is ready to give it to you today. Now let's take the case of Joseph, who had great responsibility in Potiphar's household. He handled entire domestic matters and business affairs. Everything was running very well. The crops were flourishing. The flocks were multiplying. He had the complete administration over everything without a worry in the world. God blessed him. Then one day it happened. While going about his work, Potiphar's wife began making seductive suggestions to him. As you read in Genesis 39, 7-9, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he had committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Little did Joseph realize that this passionate invitation to an affair would bring blackmail and prison. Like the Lord Jesus, Joseph was put into prison, not for wrongdoing, but because he was righteous. The prison to which the Lord Jesus went was the prison of death. Yet, just as God freed Joseph from prison and raised him to be a player to a place of honor, so he did not leave Jesus in the place of death, but raised him from the dead and gave him a place on his own throne with him far above all things. Yes, Jesus can transform a sinner who will go and sin no more. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, 
and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. To conclude our telecast, the church band will play the song entitled, By His Stripes, We Are Healed.
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.